Welcome to this episode of Younger, Smarter, Better. Today, we're going to be diving into the topic of sleep. Now, I really wanted to talk about this issue because it's such a prominent issue that I see. Not only is school making it harder for us to get the amount of sleep that we need to be healthy and efficient, but we also have the difficulties of modern day technology and other such things that make it really hard to go to sleep, along with making time to go to sleep. There's all these different different issues that I've been going through and experiencing myself. So I want to share what I've learned about this process and what I found to be super helpful. The first thing I really want to talk about is kind of how all this came to be. So I started going through and I'd have these issues where I'd be up late at night and I couldn't fall asleep. And a lot of the times it'd be random things between thinking about what I had to do the next day or other such things. But I found that I was ended up spending like an extra three to four, probably closer to five hours a night not sleeping I'd be spending them in bed and doing nothing and just thinking and that really bothered me because then I realized that like not only was I not getting the benefits of sleeping which I was trying to spend the time doing but also I wasn't actually falling asleep I was just sitting there and thinking about all the things I had to do so I tried to come up with some few different ways to approach this because I realized not only was I trying to give the amount of time sleep needed but I wasn't actually getting the sleep that I needed so to do this, what I, what I started doing is I started tackling different ideas of sleep. First thing I tried to tackle was, okay, how much sleep do you actually need? So what I did is I, I did an experiment, a stupid experiment, would not suggest you do, is I basically see how much sleep you could survive off of. And no sleep is not, not good whatsoever. Uh, you feel completely energy deprived and other such effects like falling asleep in class and other such things, highly not suggested. You cannot survive off of no sleep. Uh, well, you cannot survive well and efficiently out of no sleep. Um, there's so many bad effects. So there's basically, I can go through and explain all these different things. Think of it like this. Your brain has kind of this like, to- not a toxin, I don't want to call it, because it, it is called a toxin, but it sounds really harsh when you say that. Um, there's basically your brain gets foggy over the course of the day when you accumulate different information and just like it's general going through, it's kind of like have almost like an exhaust pipe almost. And what happens is during when you sleep, your brain actually goes through and clears all of this out. It stores memories, it builds your muscles and goes through and does these different things, these healthy processes that gets you ready for the next day. Now, the problem being, if you don't get any sleep, all of these things carry on and actually get worse. And after a certain amount of staying up, I don't know exactly how long of staying up straight without sleeping. I think it's roughly close to five days or something like that. You can actually get serious long-term health issues in terms of memory loss and other such things. So very not good to not stay up and sleep. So then what I did is I said, okay, now roughly three hours. is I. This was one day where between trying to get naps and other such things, I ended up only being able to sleep for about three hours. And I had roughly the same amount of mental lag and issues as I did without sleeping for an entire day. And what happened was, is that I ended up like, not only falling asleep in class again, but other such things. And these sorts of issues would continue if you tried to keep up this minimum amount of sleep, which is the problem that I see is that I'm not alone in this, that other people are definitely dealing with these types of issues where they're bragging about how little sleep they're getting. They're talking about 
all of these sorts of things that, oh, you know, look, I pulled an all-nighter to get to study more on my tests. Oh, yeah, good job, man. This is actually what we do. We actually congratulate people. It's, uh, I heard an interesting TED Talk where he, um, he basically related lack of sleep to smoking cigarettes. Like, oh, man, I po- smoked an entire pack today. Oh, good job, man. That's kind of how we're thinking about lack of sleep we're like oh man look at him working hard getting no sleep because he's busy he must be important and that kind of view is what we kind of bring into sleep and i wanted to point this out to rather kind of elaborate that this isn't what we want sleeping is actually very important and helps us with all sorts of mental functions it helps you grow muscles it helps you with your energy energy being super important throughout the day it helps you with your learning storing memories these are the things that we know that we can see from research that we've done from studies to actually see and look at the mind and see what effects sleeping has on people how many hours they get and other such things and what this here's the thing even if i were to tell you that a lot of you still wouldn't get the sleep you need because we're not because we're ignorant of the issues i just told you all of these different issues and what they're caused by and all these such things but because it's so hard to actually get the sleep that we need and it's not like it's just all your fault and i want to say that it's all your fault because school actually makes it difficult school work other such things make it difficult for us to sleep technology also makes it difficult for us to sleep which is why it takes a lot of willpower to get through and break through. So I went through and I kept going through and researching myself by sleeping less or sleeping more and doing different things. And then I ended up trying to get about five to six hours. I found that I could reasonably live off of five to six hours, but not, you still feel super groggy with five to six hours. I did this for a couple of days and roughly five to six, roughly four, five, four to six hours you can live off of and I would not suggest it because you still feel kind of groggy, not as much as on three or less. So it's about three, three hours and zero hours have roughly the same effect. Four hours to six hours, very similar effect. And the reason is because there's this thing called sleep cycles. The way that you're, the way that sleeping works is basically broken up into nine. There's different, there's two different levels. One, each cycle is about 90 minutes long. So sleep cycles about 90 minutes long. You're you go through in the process of sleep cycles, you go different levels of sleep. Basically, at the beginning of the cycle, you start at a very kind of like awareness level, you start very alert, kind of like when you're trying to fall asleep, and then you slowly go into different cycles of sleep, going falling asleep, and then eventually somewhere in that middle portion around 45 minutes around the halfway point, you hit REM sleep, which is where you start to experience dreams and other such things where all the healthy benefits of sleep go in, but that doesn't happen until after a few different cycles. And so you've got your first 90-minute cycle, your second 90-minute cycle, your third 90-minute cycle. You roughly are aiming for about five to six cycle, 90-minute cycles. So that's about seven to eight hours of sleep a night. And what this means is that you're going through and you're getting all the REM benefits of sleep for getting that seven to eight hours, those 90 minute cycles. And you can even go online. I know that's sleep, uh, sleepti.me um, allows you to go through and basically plan out what time you should be waking up at what time you should be falling asleep based off of these REM cycles. And because another thing is it's easier to wake up when you wake up in between two different sleep cycles because of what you're doing is your body's already basically at its highest level of awareness while asleep. 
and between those two different states. So if you can set your alarm for that time, your body is already mentally awake almost. It's like basically it's asleep, but it's as close to being awake as it can be while being asleep, if that makes any sense. And if you set your alarm for about that time, your brain and, and everything is already ready to go. It's actually better for you to wake up in between these cycles than it is to try and get half of another cycle because you're going to be stuck and groggy in the middle of that cycle at its deepest level of awareness. And then it has to go all the way from being completely asleep to awake within a matter of seconds with your alarm, which is why you might feel so groggy. So then what I did is I tried to experiment with how what time I was waking up and other such things. For a while, I was waking up at 5 a.m. because that's what I could get the most amount of work done in the morning. I felt better throughout the day. So different wake-up times. A lot of this comes down to what works best for your body because everyone's body is a little bit different in terms of their biorhythms. So what you should probably do and what I did is I ended up experimenting with waking up at different times, going to bed at different times, getting different amounts of sleep. I would suggest not going any less than six hours of sleep if you can help it because basically we already know you don't need to do any more research. We already know that getting less than six hours of sleep is less than optimal. So what we wanted to do and what I did is I kind of experimented with these different cycles, waking up at certain times, getting certain amounts of sleep. I found that roughly 7 hours and 45 minutes is about the point where I can get, not only can I get roughly this amount of sleep every single night, but also it's where I can be my best without getting more sleep. Um, I do function better. It is a fact. I do function better on 8 to 9 hours of sleep. But 7 hours and 45 minutes is about what I found that I can work best at and what I can make easily work into my schedule and to my life. And so what I did is I wanted to experiment with it a few different, different things. And one of the things that I experimented with was breaking up my sleep into two different sleep cycles or two different uh, sleep, like sleep section one, sleep section two, and basically waking up in between. It was interesting. I, I was going through and as I was researching this, I found that Benjamin Franklin and a few other figures in history actually had multiple different sleeps. Um, what they would do is, I know, I believe it was Thomas Edison had would sleep for like 20 minutes every hour. There was other interesting things like that that they did and that they were keeping journals on track of, which is why we know they did it today. Benjamin Franklin um, actually broke up his sleep into two different parts, which is actually interesting because um, science has shown that our ancestors roughly did something similar to that or our body is optimized to have multiple different sleep cycle or sleep sections, I guess you can call it, two different periods of sleep per day. It was really interesting, and I tried to figure out some way that I could work it into my life, but I figured out that it, modern day doesn't actually work around that. We're, we're kind of built around this eight-hour period block of sleep in the afternoon or in the night, and I couldn't figure out a way to get two different sleep sections to work for me, so I just ended up keeping up with that. I tried naps, and naps are very interesting because they have the potential to screw up your sleep cycle even more than getting enough sleep. So what I tried doing initially was trying to get roughly like an hour nap or one sleep cycle. I tried to get like a 90-hour nap before and then tried to work for a little bit. I could work. What I would do is I'd get home, sleep for 90 minutes, and then I'd be able to stay up until 12 or 1. But then I'd go to sleep and then I couldn't, I'd like wake up at like 6 and I'd still feel groggy. So basically 
What I experiment with naps is the most efficient nap is about 10 to 25 minutes long. After 25 minutes, you feel groggy after a nap and it affects your sleep schedule. So getting a 10 to 25 minute nap, that's the most efficient type of nap that you can take. It's the one that you will feel the best waking up at. And people will tell me, oh, well, you know, I can't fall asleep that fast. Well, now let's tackle this issue because this is another issue that I found even more so than how much sleep you get or when you wake up that falling to sleep was the hardest activity for me. Actually, the three hardest things that I found about sleeping, the first thing was actually making time to fall asleep and making time to get enough sleep. These things were the hardest for me because figuring out how to fit it in between work and schoolwork and just eating food, all these other things, being able to relax, read books, work on the podcast, all these different things in my life, and you're trying to fit in sleep on top of it, it was really difficult for me. So making time for sleep, I found, was the hardest part of trying to fall asleep. The second thing was actually thinking. I was constantly, the thing is that I'd be constantly in the cycle of I hit my bed and then I wouldn't actually fall asleep. I sit there and I think. I either review my day, I do all sorts of random things, think about all the work I have to do, think about how I could have done this better, that better. And basically, it became this cognitive game for me. I kind of switched my idea of sleeping to this cognitive game. You're trying to think yourself into falling asleep. And by that, I mean there's a few different breathing techniques and other such things, but when you're falling asleep, you are still basically fully awake, and you're trying to somehow figure out a way to turn your brain off. And the thing is that there's no switch. You have to figure out some way to kind of trick your brain into falling asleep. And I've done multiple different methods for this. Um, There's one military method. Something that I found really interesting was that if you think about it, military officers and um, soldiers, Marines, other such military people, when in war, they actually developed this method of falling asleep that allowed you to sleep. Think about like all the gunfire that's going on, like artillery fire that this they would have to constantly go through. They would go long periods without sleep. Well, they actually developed a method for these officers and for these um, army officials to fall asleep. And this is aptly named the military method of falling asleep. Basically, we go through and you go through a certain part of your body and you mentally start to relax that part of your body. And it starts off with relaxing your face muscles, including the muscles inside of your mouth, kind of stretching those muscles. And then what you do is you drop your shoulders, release the tension and let your arms drop to the side of your body. Then you start inhaling get a really big breath out and relax your chest. And then you relax your legs, your thighs kind of stretch and kind of tighten up and loose and relax those parts of your body. And then here's the part where it becomes a cognitive game. And this is the part where it's kind of up to you to how do you do this. The best way that I found and the method that this military method uses is by clearing your mind for 10 seconds and trying to imagine and try to believe that you're in this relaxing scene be like you're in a hammock or that you're in like if for you if you're like relaxing in the waves or some on the beach some kind of relaxing warm environment that you find very friendly and try to envision as much detail as you possibly can in this scene and try to imagine yourself in this scene and then what you do is if this doesn't work if you find yourself imagining in rigorous detail and you do it for a long period of time you're like this isn't working for me the next best thing to do is to repeat the like repeat the phrase don't think in your mind and i'm i am absolutely serious you have to repeat this until you fall asleep it's really interesting about the don't think method is basically repeating don't think 
don't think, don't think, not only do you start to, like, you'll notice that all these different thoughts will pop up into your head, and it becomes a cognitive game to ignore those thoughts, and to continue saying, don't think, don't think, and basically, what happens is eventually, you'll start to feel yourself falling asleep when you do this, because you're still aware of what you're saying, you're still saying, don't think, and you are cognitively in control of that, but you'll start to feel your body start to shut down in a sense you'll start to feel it try to turn off and what's interesting is that you can still you're still cognitively aware during this process and so i found this process i found this really really interesting because you'd basically be able to feel like someone is putting a sheet over your brain in a sense and it feels so weird i don't even know how to describe it i guess but being in control while you're falling asleep is super interesting and this is one of the reasons that i know that this method works because i've tried it and i know you basically you're aware of falling asleep which for me and for a lot of people you're not really aware of when you fall asleep this method of the repeating the don't think the don't think and then actually trying to space it out where you can say don't think and then just kind of try and not think for a long period of time and then say if you hear a thought come up again you say don't think and you just kind of repeat that that method i found has been super helpful for me for falling, trying to fall asleep. If you um, if you want to look up any more details about it, you should search up the military method of sleeping. Another method that I tried for a while was the four seven eight method. This is a breathing technique of breathing in for four seconds, breathing out for seven seconds, and then holding for or breathing in for four seconds, holding it for seven seconds, and then breathing out for eight seconds. And this method was interesting. Um, it did help a lot. Help out a little bit but i did find that sometimes my thoughts would just kind of get in the way of this method and it would just leave me to be awake up for a while um other things that i found that helped me out with the sleeping is to sleep better i actually removed the devices from my room i removed my phone from my room a laptop computer um, tablet kindle all these sorts of things that i might have had in my room completely removed them from my room one of the reasons that this is that it makes it easier for me to fall asleep because I know not only without notifications, without these things, but out without the um, without the desire to go onto these devices. Because what happens is falling asleep is really boring. Let's be honest. Falling asleep is like one of the most boring things ever. And we've kind of trained ourselves that whenever we're bored, we should grab for our phones or devices and do something. And this is actually what I think is one of the biggest issues that we have when it comes to falling asleep from what I can tell, from what I hear from my friends and from other such sources, that our phones and our devices are actually the, one of the biggest things keeping us from falling asleep because what we do is we'll just automatically, it's become a habit, is just whenever you're bored, grab your phone. And what happens is you're actually, when you look at the screen, and I know there's different modes for falling, putting your phone on like sleep mode and other such things that like dim the amount of blue light, but the amount of blue light actually, what it does is your brain has a... Um, I don't remember what it's called, but I'll call it a biorhythm. And basically what happens is over the course of the day, your brain goes from being awake to falling asleep. It's kind of this cycle that your brain has. And the reason that your brain knows when to use the cycle is based off the amount of light your eyes see. And so what happens is your eyes have light receptors and what your phone does is it has a lot of light and you're shining in right in your face. You're telling your brain, hey, wake up. And all these different lights you have in your house, basically what we're trying to do is we're saying we have all these lights on in our house, we'll be working on some sort of project, we'll look at our phone, 
all this bright light is going into our face. And then we turn off all the lights all at once. We go into bed. It's completely dark. It's, it's literally you're turning all the lights on to all the lights off in a matter of seconds. And you're telling your brain, hey, fall asleep. And the reason this doesn't work is because your brain is used to a more gradual sunset of the light is slowly going away. And now what we're doing is we're basically saying, hey, all the lights are on. Now go to sleep. Turn off all the lights. Bam. And the, it, your brain isn't a light switch. It doesn't automatically turn off. Your brain needs a gradual time to kind of disconnect from the light. And I found this to be about 30 minutes. So what I do is I'll, I'll get all my my devices, I'll take them out of my room, I'll plug them in, I'll charge them. And then what I'll do is I'll take a book and I'll read for a little bit or I'll draw or do something else that just isn't device related for about 30 minutes or so as my brain slides so slowly. This is actually one of the most important things. Oh, yeah, you know, but that takes up so much time that I could be sleeping. Well, actually, think of it this way, right? I would spend like three to four hours being awake in bed, not falling asleep. Spending 30 minutes of that time doing something like reading a book or something else, writing, drawing, what have you, outside of your bed is actually beneficial because that's an investment in your falling asleep time. You're basically saying that this 30 minutes is going to help me fall asleep faster. And thinking of it that way actually helped me use it and fall asleep faster. So what I would do is, I, as I said, I would read for a little bit and then I might meditate or do something else to help me get into the falling asleep state. I'd get my clothes out for tomorrow. I'd have the lights on a lower dim if I can. Um, and then what I do is I set an alarm. I'll get an alarm outside of my phone and I'd set that for the next day and then basically get everything ready, and then go into bed and then do the method of falling asleep. This is what I found to be the most efficient method of sleep because the lack of devices in my room and the lack of devices that I've been using before I fall asleep helps me with the light sensitivity of my eyes and actually getting my body to agree with me that actually now is the time to fall asleep and now is not the time to think about three hours worth of things I have to do tomorrow. And then also another thing that I found helpful that I've actually kind of veered away from in recent is music. Now, this is completely up to you and personal preference of if you like to listen to music and fall asleep. I found it really helpful because apart with that cognitive game that it is of falling asleep, being able to listen to music and think about rehearsing the words while I'm trying to sleep helps me gear away from constantly thinking about what I have to do, thinking about a song and a preset pattern, especially if it's like a quieter song. I, I've actually had times where I've, I fall asleep to rock music just because it's something that my brain can get distracted by. And so my brain can concentrate on the words of the song or the beat or something like that. And that allows me to kind of disconnect and fall asleep. And so it's kind of up to you. I personally, I would not suggest or go on record as suggesting rock music for falling asleep. I'm just saying that I've done it before and it was kind of funny. Um, so these are the different things that I found to be super helpful. Another thing for people kind of depends on you. Um, this, the environment that you are in is super important to falling asleep. There's actually, I believe it is 68 to 72 degrees is the preferred temperature for falling asleep. Your body is actually built to fall asleep during those, like around that temperature, it feels the most comfortable while falling asleep. And the amount of sheets that you have is kind of completely up to you. I personally fall asleep with a fan and fall asleep in a certain method. Your brain and body actually prefer a certain sleeping environment. That means the way that your sheets are, the temperature of the room, if you have a fan, music, what have you. So you kind of have to figure out, and you probably already know, based off how long you've been alive, what your preferred sleeping method is. So it kind of is tailoring your 
sleeping routine to what sleeping method you prefer. So now that we've talked all about sleep, what's important to do, this, that, and the other, all of my experiences between making sleep environments, sleep cycles, and other such things, let's talk about what you should do, where you should start for your sleep. First thing, now this is completely up to you, but I kept this when I was starting to research sleep and other such things as keeping a sleep journal. Now this was keeping track of when I was falling asleep and other such things. I have a um, tracker app that I use now. I use my Apple Watch as a sleep tracker, so I'll wear my Apple Watch during the night and I'll charge it during the day. And basically what this allows me to do is track my heart rate and other such things while I'm sleeping. This allows me to figure out not only when I fall asleep and when I wake up, but other such things of how well my sleep was and other such things. There's an app that does all this information for me. All I have to do is put on my watch, fall asleep, wake up, and then I can look at all the results. Actually, this is one of the first things I do when I wake up in the morning is look at how my sleep was the previous night. So there's other such things. The first thing that I would suggest you to do is keep track of when you're falling asleep, when you're waking up. One of the important things to do with sleeping is keeping consistency. Consistency is actually one of the most important things to do when sleeping. Waking up at 6, falling asleep at 9 or 10 o'clock in the night is actually keeping that schedule even over the weekends. Think about it this way, right? If you try to sleep in later on the weekends, what you're doing is you're actually putting your sleep two to three hours forward or behind depending on how you sleep. And basically what this does is this is the equivalent of giving yourself jet lag every single weekend, which is why the reason that people wake up so groggy on Mondays is because what happens is they're basically jet lagging themselves they're saying that they get to sleep in for an extra two to three hours and they'll stay later for like another three or four hours and then what happens is they go into monday and they have to wake up two to three hours earlier which means they're getting not only less sleep but they're just all sorts of their biorhythm is all out of whack so this is why consistency is such a key importance in sleeping this is why setting some time that works best for you if that be six to eight to ten i found that falling asleep at ten waking up at six seems to be the best thing for me not only do i get enough sleep at night but i also can keep that consistently up during the weekend without throwing too much stuff out of loop now i will will say you don't have to this is just my advice but also find that it's really important advice i don't there are weekends where either I'll be at a friend's house or this, that, and the other where I will stay up later, and that's completely fine. This isn't about the end-all, be-all, you have to keep this up every single day of your life. This is just the general, if you can do this, I would suggest it. I mean, there's times where I'll even stay up late playing games with friends because I don't get to spend all that much time with them. So there are times like that where if you can enjoy your weekends and that's how you enjoy your weekends, sure. That's fine. Just try to remember that when it comes to Monday, when you feel groggy, like, oh man, it's Monday. Remember that you did that and that it wasn't just like, you know, waking up early for school. Although school should be starting after eight o'clock. It is a scientific fact. There are many studies done on this, but we, you know, we're starting to see reforms. Anyway, getting back to the task at hand. Um, second thing you should do is figure out how much sleep or actually optimize your sleep environment. Um, optimizing your sleep environment is super important. Figuring out a routine to set up your environment, that being de removing devices, setting alarms, setting out clothes, any such thing as a routine, brushing your teeth, um, setting up the fan, turning off the lights, reading before bed, all of these sorts of things, making sure that you have a routine set in place that helps you fall asleep. Actually having a routine in and of itself 
the routine itself actually helps you fall asleep because your brain will start to recognize, oh, hey, if I put my phone in the charger over here and I read a book, that means that I'm starting to fall asleep and then I need to get ready to fall asleep. So help your setting a routine will help your brain realize that, hey, it's time to fall asleep. Now, doing that along with figuring out how much time you need to fall asleep is super important. Um, figuring out what time is best for you to wake up using the sleep cycles um, in the links below in the, the show notes below. I will link to some great sleep websites. Doing these sorts of things will help you not only fall asleep faster, but also wake up better and more refreshed and have more energy throughout the day. It will also help you learning muscle mass. It'll help with like so much things. You'll be amazed. So I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you want to contact me or find more episodes, you can find that in the show notes below. Um, Other than that, I hope you sleep well tonight and enjoy the next episode. And as always, stay hungry for knowledge. 